everyone, and welcome back to the Long Distance Lovers podcast. It has been a long six months since we've last recorded an episode, and yeah, it's been, a lot has happened since then. Let me start off by saying that Kristen is not with us right now. One of the reasons why it's been so long since we've last recorded is both she and I have had just really, really crazy schedules. Kristen just graduated uh, with her master's, so yay, Kristen! And she's been busy with job searching and then moving because pretty soon she and Steph are no longer going to be long distance. So she's been pretty busy with that, and then I've been pretty busy with school, work, and then a whole bunch of other things. So life just kind of got in the way and we didn't have time to record anymore. But Kristen will be back with us soon. It's just with everything going on right now, she had to take a step back from recording. But I've really missed talking to you guys and just talking about being in a long distance relationship. So I was like, you know what? Let's go ahead and start it back up. And, you know, Kristen can come back whenever, whenever she's ready. But Kristen, if you're listening to this, just know that I miss you dearly and it's not the same without you. And I hope you come back soon because I miss you bunches. But with that being said, we have a phenomenal co-host for the next few episodes and yeah, I think you can guess who it's going to be. Hello everyone, I'm Alex and welcome back to another podcast that I'm doing. No, no, it's hello guys, it's me, Charlie. Hi guys, I'm back to do this again. I was on the final episode we did before the hiatus and I'd say that was quite a good podcast that we did together. And I'd say a lot, again, like Maria said, there's a lot's happened since then. We're going to talk about that in this this episode. And yeah, I, I won't be filling Kristen's tunes forever. I, I know she'll be back and I will have to step back into my editorial role again. But I just wanted to say hello to all of you and well, welcome back to our basically docu-series of our time together. Yeah, I'm super, super excited that we're finally able to pick this back up. I'm super excited that Charlie is going to be my co-host. So if you enjoyed our last episode where we just kind of you know, had a lot of banter back and forth with one another, and it was just a chaotic mess. Just be prepared for that for future episodes with uh, with Charlie and me. But hopefully this episode will be out in time for Valentine's Day. Yeah, I'm going to be working on that. So, yeah, I mean, I'm hoping that this episode will be out by Valentine's Day. So happy Valentine's Day to all of you, whether you are single, in relationships, coming out of relationships, going into them, what have you. I hope that you have a wonderful Valentine's Day because, you know, you are so deserving of love and happiness. And I hope that it's an amazing day for you. And even if you're not with anybody, I mean, treat yourself. You know, Valentine's Day is a day of love. So make sure you love yourself. Because in the wise words of RuPaul, if you, you can't, can't love, love yourself, yourself, how uh, in the hell are you going to love somebody else? Can I get an amen up in here? Amen. All right, now let the music play. If you can guess, I've been watching a lot of RuPaul's Drag Race thanks to Maria, and I'm in love. Yeah, a lot has happened since our last recording. Our last recording was, what, in September? Yeah, it was September when we last sat down, and... Um, 
So since then, so on my side, I got a new job. I'm currently working for the University of Salford. I have gone to start my master's degree, which I'm now halfway through. And I did some pretty great things in the meantime. And Maria can go into her side and then we'll tell uh, tell you the big thing. Yeah, so with me, it's still just been a lot of school, a lot of work. I finished my first semester of my master's program and I'm now into my second semester. So I'm not quite there yet, you know, in comparison to Charlie. He's almost done with his master's. I'm almost halfway there. Work, yeah, I'm still a case manager and I absolutely love it. It's very, very rewarding for me. Just being able to help students is something that I absolutely love. And so I'm really, really grateful to be in a position that I actually enjoy my job and I enjoy the entire team that I work with. Let's see what else has happened. Yeah, I mean, it's mainly just been school and work. I have <laughs> I have not not a whole lot going on other other than that. But the reason why we wanted to record today is first of all, we wanted to produce a kind of like a Valentine's Day episode. I just felt that, you know, with this being a podcast about relationships, specifically long distance relationships, I thought that it was important to celebrate the day of love. And, you know, what better way to bring back the podcast, you know, raise it from the dead than on Valentine's Day. So, yeah, so that's the main reason why we wanted to bring it back. And two, Charlie and I actually have some news to share with y'all. So on November 27th, 2020, Maria and I finally met for the first time. Oh, you actually did an enthusiastic woo that wasn't fake. We met at Heathrow Airport at 8.30 in the morning on a cold winter's day. Drove all the way back up during a pandemic from London to a nice little apartment that we rented out for six weeks in Preston. And we stayed with each other for that entire time. We weren't away from each other at all in any other point. And... Even though we didn't manage to do a lot of the things that I had planned for us because of the restrictions, we still managed to create a lot of memories in the time that we have spent together. And Maria, how did you feel about the time? Let's talk about the first time that we met. How did you feel about that? Honestly, okay, well, let me let me preface. Let me preface before we get into the story. Let me preface by saying that we are both very, very much aware that we are in the middle of a pandemic. And... Charlie and I, we both took every single measure in order to, I guess, isolate ourselves before the trip, during the trip, like, you know, during our quarantine period, and then even when I got back home. Because I know that there is going to be a lot of backlash about, oh, you travel during a pandemic, and, you know, you put a lot of people at risk. I had not left my house since August, you know, the only place I go is grocery shopping. And other than that, I'm at home. And this was something that was really important. So I wanted to make sure that I took every precaution necessary in order to in order to travel. So let me just preface by saying that. And then once I was in the UK, I had to quarantine for two weeks. We both quarantined for two weeks. And, you know, just complete isolation 
in our apartment. And then once we were cleared, we were able to go out and about. But as Charlie said, you know, with all the restrictions, there really wasn't much for us to do. So we did spend a lot of time at home, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Even when I came back to the States, so in order for me to come back, I had to have a negative COVID test. So I had a negative test and then I came back to the States and I quarantined for another two weeks. And technically I'm still quarantining because I don't go anywhere. I don't necessarily like to go anywhere because of the pandemic. So this was just a little, yeah, just a little disclaimer that we did take every precaution necessary. So I would appreciate if there was no backlash in terms of, you know, us traveling to be with yeah. one another. We were like, we're fully aware of the the risk and like the, the consequences. But at the same time, it's not like we went out partying or there's a lot of people that aren't taking the pandemic seriously and they're still going out and partying, you know, being in large groups of people and all of that. So just please remember that we are still in a pandemic. Please wear your mask. Please, like, social distance. And just be smart about it. So that's my little that's my little two cents about, about that. But back to the happy topic, actually meeting Charlie. So when I got to the airport and I was going through the, like, the little customs tunnel, I don't know, like, I was, of course I was nervous because, I mean, this has been a relationship that's been going on for, like, 10 months. And I, I didn't know what to think. I've never traveled to meet a partner. I've never, I mean, let alone traveled across the world to meet a partner. So it was pretty nerve wracking. I got all my luggage and I went through the little customs tunnel. And as soon as I saw Charlie, like it, it felt like I was coming home. Like there was no awkwardness there was no there was no like weird feelings it was literally just like I saw him my heart filled up with joy and then like we ran to the to the little opening and like we we found a space where there was no people like I wanted to make sure that we got away from everyone we found a little space where there was nobody there and then like we hugged each other and it was really cute um while I was waiting for my luggage I was telling him how tired I was because it was yeah like 8.30 in the morning UK time, that's 2.30 in the morning for me. So having to, you know, endure a plane ride and, you know, get my luggage and all of this, I was like, okay, it's 2.30 in the morning. I'm tired. I just want to go to sleep or just, I want a coffee. So I was texting Charlie. I'm like, can we please, 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 first thing is stop and get a coffee. And as soon as I saw him, he had a coffee in hand. He came prepared. He knew me way too well. So that was that was probably my favorite bit is he brought me a iced vanilla latte with extra vanilla and a little box of my favorite chocolates. Which you never actually ate. That's the thing. I still have these in our in our kitchen because unfortunately the they've not been on touch, but Tell them about the guy who stalked you on the way in. That was, that was an experience. Okay, so if that, yeah, that was terrifying. So I, I've traveled internationally before, but I usually travel with my family members. And, you know, so like I never really have to deal with like immigration or, you know, any like security guards or anything like that. So, you know, you get off the plane and you're supposed to have like your passport stamped or, you know, you go through like the, yeah, the immigration line, like where they ask you, do you have a visa, this, this and that. And in 
like, I don't know if, if y'all have been in Heathrow Airport, but it's really weird because they have one line that's for UK citizens, or I guess, like, anybody, is it anybody in the EU, or is it just UK citizens? I mean, I've not been through Heathrow before. The only UK airport I've been through is Manchester, so at least from my perspective, they have from outside of the EU, within the EU, and then UK citizens, at least I think so, but... I haven't been to an airport in, like, two years, so I can't remember. Well, like, because I remember that there was different lines. I mean, just like how it is in, like, the U.S. airports. You know, they have, like, a line that's for, like, visa holders and, um, you know, U.S. citizens and then kind of everybody else. And so the lines were empty. And I, I wasn't entirely sure where, where to go because there was no direct signage of... If you're traveling from here, like, go to this line. Or if you're traveling from here, go to this line. So there was a security guard standing right at the front of the line. And I had my passport in hand. Of course, it's an Amer- like a U.S. passport. And I show it to him, and he just gives me this look. And I'm like, I'm just smiling. Again, I'm tired. I'm just like, hey, I don't know where to go. And he just looks at me, and he goes, where are you coming from? And I say, the U.S.? Like, I mean, clearly, I have a U.S. passport. And he's like... How long are you here for? And I was like, uh, like five weeks. I, I, I don't know. I mean, because these questions, like they usually ask you like up at the front, you know, they don't ask you like as you're getting into line, like they ask you at, while you're at the, the kiosk. And so he's like, what are you here for? And I mean, I, I don't know what to say. So I was just like, oh, I'm, I'm here to see family. And he just looks at me. He looks me up and down. And he goes, what family do you have here? And I'm like, wow, cheers. Okay. Like. <laughs> I could be adopted for, for all you know, but I, I did not know what to say. So like, I literally just panicked and I was like, uh, but fiance, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. And so he just like gives me this lug and just hands me my passport. And he's like, just go through here. And I was like, Jesus Christ. Like, this is my very first time in London. And this is my first interaction with anybody in the UK. And I'm like, okay, so is this how my trip is going to go? Like, are they all this like, mean (laughs) but I had to I just had to remember like he was doing his job but it was still just like very it was very scary because he could tell that I was alone it was my first time there and I I don't know I just it was it was a rough rough experience I remember when you came through and you were like very distressed about it like when you said when you said he looked you up and down, that wasn't like racism, was it? Like it wasn't being like low key racist. No, 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 no. I mean, he just like I think because like he could tell like you know like by my accent, he was just like, what is like what family like would an American have here? I guess because it's it's mm-hmm. very like if you if for all of you listening, if you cannot tell, I do not have a British accent, not not even close to one. So. <laughs> I don't, I don't know, like, I, again, I don't know if it was just because, like, I, like, because I was an American, and I shouldn't have been traveling, I, like I said, I don't know, but I made it in, everything was fine, yay. And then, when we got to the car, that's when we shared our first kiss, like, in um, the lot, in, okay, before, before you continue, for all of those out there, you know, you know that, like, your first kiss is, like, something special and, like, memorable and, like, you want it to be in, like, in a place where you want to go back to one day, like, to be able to say, like, oh, like, we shared our first kiss here, you know, I don't know, like, something cute. Ours was in the parking lot at London Heathrow Airport. 
what spot was it? Was it M or L, like 35? Yeah. Row L, parking slot 28, third floor. I remember it specifically because when we went back a few weeks, I'm, I'm jumping forward here, but when we went back to drop Maria off at Heathrow a few weeks later, we ended up parking in the exact same spot that we shared our first kiss. And that made us well up. Like we were really like sad that the place where we had to say goodbye was the spot where we shared our first kiss. And that was crazy. It was it was funny too because I had literally right before as we were pulling into the into the parking garage, I was telling her it was like we just had to have a first kiss at, at Heathrow, you know, like why couldn't we have had it, you know, somewhere nice? Because I wanted to go back to it one day and then literally like two minutes later we pulled into the exact same spot so i was like okay i mean i i guess that counts so then yeah we we took the necessary safety precautions and then we drove all the way back up from heathrow to preston and that was the one thing i was nervous about driving the whole time even driving there before is well maybe not much on the way back but certainly on the way down i i set off at like four maybe half three in the morning i can't particularly remember but on the way down i was so scared the whole way i didn't i didn't stop at a service station from when i left blackpool to the time that i went to heathrow i was scared that i was going to get pulled over the whole time by a police officer because yeah i was making a journey that was an essential travel but if i had come across like a bad police officer on a bad day he could have easily fined me for being outside of my area, which I'd understand he'd just be doing his job. But I was making essential travel to pick Maria up. And I, I didn't feel as nervous on the way back up because obviously I had Maria with me. So I had actual proof that I was picking someone up from the airport. But because I was going down there on my own and on the way back after I dropped Maria off on our final day, I was scared the whole time that I was going to get, like, fine for being outside of my area. But thank the Lord that that didn't happen. And then we got all the way back to Preston. Actually, no, we went to Blackpool first to pick up my stuff. And that's when you met my dad for the first time. And that was an experience and a half, wasn't it? That was, honestly, I loved it. I mean, I was a little, I was a little nervous to meet Charlie's dad because even when i'm on the phone with charlie or like when we video call his dad just doesn't like to be on camera or i i don't know if it's just you know because he doesn't know me he's not comfortable just you know picking up the phone and being like hi so i didn't know what to expect because i think the most conversation i've ever had with your dad was just saying hi to him you know accident i think accidentally seeing him on camera and just being like hi how are you and then that was it so i was like oh my gosh like how's he gonna react and is this gonna go well because I also know that your dad was really concerned about the the travel you know like because of you know because of COVID and everything so it was like oh my gosh like you know is his dad gonna like think I'm a horrible person for for traveling and you know like putting putting people at, like I'll be honest you know like putting people at risk because that was that's what was going through my head too is oh my gosh like I know I'm being safe I had a negative test coming here but you never know other people aren't as safe so in my head I was like oh my gosh like uh, this I'm just I'm freaking out I'm freaking out I'm freaking out but no it went really really well 
I think what was supposed to be a five minute, like, just like stop by and pick up your stuff, I think turned into like 20 minutes because like, I just sat and like, I, I talked with, with your dad and you were getting, yeah, you were getting all of your stuff. And it was honestly just a lovely, lovely conversation. Like there was, again, there was just no awkwardness. I, I noticed that throughout my trip. Like there was no awkwardness between myself and anybody who I was meeting. It just felt very, very natural. And I can honestly say that some of my family members had spoken to Maria beforehand. Uh, my sister and my aunt had spoken. This was like the first time meeting my family members face to face. I can honestly say they all thoroughly loved to meet her as much as I was. And then, yeah, we left my dad's house, drove through Lytham and ended up in Preston in our Airbnb, which we rented for six weeks from a very lovely man. The apartment itself, I'll be honest, maybe it did look better in the pictures, but we still ended up having a great time there. We, we kind of made that place our own. And how I can describe it was a Georgian British house that has been transformed into several flats. And when we went in this place for the first time, there was a grand staircase that was leading up to where we were like th to find our apartment in that complex was a maze it literally was we had to go through it, i think it was four fire doors four fire doors and like three, three sets of stairs three sets of stairs and that's not including taking the garbage like that included like four flights of stairs um but yeah we went up this grand staircase then took a a fire exit went through five three fire doors and then up through a fourth fire door and then there was an a like a, a row of apartments like and like six or seven apartments and then how we can describe the apartment was there was two floors there was the upstairs which was literally just a kitchen and it was a nice kitchen to be fair though there's some lovely it was a lovely kitchen and then downstairs we had a living room a bathroom with probably the best bath i've ever had in my life and then the bedroom which to be honest the bed wasn't exactly the most comfortable bed in the world we could have had a better bed but i mean we lasted in it for six weeks and it was fine and then the living room let's be honest you've said that those were probably the most uncomfortable couches you've ever laid on I just, I don't like leather and the couches were leather couches. But the one thing that I did really, really like about the apartment is everything was there first in the apartment and even just like the location itself as well. You know, we had the, we had the two couches and then we had like a small little table in the living room as well. So it was like a little kitchen or like a little living room, like dining area. So that was really nice. The only thing that I did not like about the apartment was there wasn't really much room for like sunlight or like natural light in the apartment because it was technically like downstairs and in the back. So all of the other buildings were covering it. And I think we got maybe like two hours, three hours of natural light. And it was just in the living room. Like, the bedroom, there was no natural light in there. Um, the kitchen, there was no windows. So even, like, if we were cooking, the entire place would kind of, like, get really smoky or the entire place would just smell of food, which, you know, sometimes that's not a problem. But if you're there, 
all day and like you just you want to ventilate there like there was no opportunity for that and the other thing was there was no elevator there was an elevator in the apartment like in the building but the first thing I saw was a sign that said that the elevator is only working like if people actually use it and it had said something along the lines of we're not responsible if the elevator like crashes or like if the elevator just stops working so I was like yeah um we're not gonna risk it so having to carry let's see I had three bags yeah I had two large suitcases and then a small one yeah I had two large suitcases a medium-sized one my purse and my backpack that was all my stuff and then on top of that Charlie had all of his bags so he had all of his toiletries he had all of his clothes his xbox you know, basically, like, everything that we were going to need, at least, like, for the first two weeks. And, yeah, so having to carry that all the way through was just absolutely brutal. But the apartment itself was in a really, really nice location. As soon as you open the door to the apartment building, right across the street was a park. And so it was nice that we were able to, like, to go walk around there and, like, get some fresh air. And then, literally, you walk around the corner and the town center is right there. So when we were finally able to go out after our um, quarantine period was up, we had everything you can think of. I mean, there was two shopping centers there with all of like the shopping stores, especially the ones that I go to. There was like quite a few nail salons, couple pubs. I mean, unfortunately they weren't open, but at least like they were there. And then literally like all of our food was right there. like. We had KFC, McDonald's, a Burger King, Nando's, Subway, everything was just literally right there. Even my favorite part, there was a Costa, literally five minutes away, a five minute walk. So I could have my coffee whenever I wanted. But I really, really enjoyed it because, I mean, at least here in Kansas City, at least where I live, you can't walk everywhere. Like, the closest Walmart to me is maybe, like, a a 15-ish, 20-minute drive. Or if I wanted to go to McDonald's, if I wanted to walk to McDonald's, it would take me maybe 30 minutes versus a five-minute drive. So I'm so used to driving everywhere. But at least while we were in Preston, like, we were walking everywhere. And at first, I hated it because I'm lazy. (laughs) And again, you know, I'm used to driving everywhere. So walking everywhere was not something that I enjoyed. But... As the weeks went on, I really started to enjoy our daily walks because that was really all that we could do. I mean, restaurants were closed, you know, don't necessarily want to go shopping every single day, but at least like getting out and walking, that's something that I really, really enjoyed. With me, I can honestly say that I'm used to walking around everywhere. because obviously me being here, but I can also agree with Maria in some aspects because if I want to go to like a specific shop, say for example, I want to go to Tesco. If I want to go to like the nearest Tesco to me, it's probably a 10 minute drive or a 40 minute walk. So I can understand where she comes from in that sense. But in terms of our time here, I can 100% agree with her. Like when you mentioned the food, it took me back to our first meal we had together, which of course was a Nando's. Now Ooh. I had been, I've been bigging up Nando's for the longest time. I can probably say I've been telling Maria how much I love this place. Like, I was basically the typical British lad. Yes, I said lad, but hey, it's what it is. 
But I was the typical British guy who would big up Nando's as like the best thing going. And yeah, honestly, I'd, I'd say you enjoyed it. And then I really... you rated it. Yeah. And then we we did some activities that I'm proud of. And to be honest, this isn't the fir- first podcast we're going to go into this. Like We're just giving you like a brief overview right now. But like some days when we were free, like when we wanted to do Christmas shopping, because Maria did spend Christmas with us. We went to Manchester twice to do Christmas shopping. And we thoroughly enjoyed Manchester. And we went to the uh, we went to the Arndale first didn't we went to the Arndale first in the town center and then a few weeks later I said maybe we should go to the Trafford center now the reason why I said that is because whilst Maria was here I was still working and I was working for Berry Football Club which I don't know if many of you know about Berry basically there were a football league club who last year, unfortunately, suffered a lot of financial problems and were forced to close down and are now restarted as a lower league club and are now working their way back up and they were looking for volunteers to work for the social media team. And I agreed to work, I think it was Boxing Day, wasn't it? Was it Boxing Day when we first went to the Trafford Centre or was it a few days before? I think it was It was Boxing Day because you had a... Wait, no, 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 no. We went to the Trafford Centre prior to that... It was before Boxing it was before Boxing Day because we had got your dad's Christmas gift. And not just that as well, but Boxing Day I'd left you with my dad. Yeah, so, yeah, you had, yeah, must, had a game. Yeah, so it was probably like the seventeenth or something like that. Because that's when we played Garstang. I can't remember. But anyway. So We're just we're just rambling. We're just trying to remember dates here. <laughs> so I went to this Berry game and I said to Maria, you might as well come with me because one of my plans for Maria while she was here was to take her to her first football game. Predominantly, I really wanted to take her to Man United, but obviously with most stadiums not accepting fans now, I couldn't do that. So I had to make do with something. And I thought, well, I'm going to be there anyway, covering the match for the club. So Maria and I went to a Berry game and we enjoyed it. And we sat in the little, like, was the... It's like a uh, press box. It, it was a press box, but, like, it wasn't the traditional press box. But I love I loved Barry's press box. I, I do enjoy being in there. And I uh, had a... Uh, yeah, I had a great time with Barry, and uh, Maria did too. And then I think the game finished about five o'clock. So I said, why don't we go to the Trafford Centre? It's only, like, five miles up the road. So... Maria and I drove to the Trafford Centre and I'd say it was your highlight. I'd say you really loved that place. I mean, the Trafford Centre, to be perfectly honest, like there's no way to describe it. It's literally like a mega mall. I'm talking, okay, I, I don't remember exactly which mall it is, but I went to a mall in... Houston. Kristen, if you're listening, Ryan, if you're listening, this is the mall that we went to together last year. I do not remember the name, but it was a giant mall. That's kind of what it looked like. But I would say that the Trafford Center was a lot more just, I don't know, there was a lot more like decorations and it could have just been because it was Christmas time, but it was just very like glam. And I absolutely just, I loved it. And it took us two days to get through the entire mall because 
we had went the first time after, yeah, after the Barry game and we only tackled one half of the mall and, oh, that's also when we went to Archie's. It was, yes. that, it was that same day. We had these phenomenal burgers from this place called Archie's. And yeah, so we only tackled one half of the mall and we said, okay, we're going to have to stop here and we're going to have to do the other side another time. But yeah, I think that the Trafford Center, I think I preferred it to the Arndale. Yeah. The Arndale, the Arndale, like to me, it was just another mall. But the big, I think the biggest difference is at least at the Trafford Center, like it was, it, it just, it felt fancier. And like, it made me excited to be in there versus the Arndale. I was like, okay, yeah, like, I just feel like I'm, I'm back home, you know, just shopping around. And then we, we, we did a couple things in Manchester. Like I showed Maria where I go to university. I showed her Media City, which you thought was quite nice. Oh my goodness. It is lovely. It is gorgeous there. Like the, the campus is literally right next to, what is it? A lake? Uh, It's next to the key. But like what, what type of like body of water is that? Is it a lake? Is it a river? Is it? It, it it's a key, but it's next to a river. Okay, yeah, and, but like uh, it is gorgeous there. Honestly, I I was happy to show a media city, and I was hoping to show her the uni itself and like the Imperial War Museum and a few things here and there. But again, everything's closed. And then we drove ten minutes up the road to Old Trafford. Now I wanted to show Maria Old Trafford because obviously I support Man United and I really wanted to take her there. Maria's kind of really got into soccer over the last two months, like ever since. Wait, I'm into. Wait, 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 wait. I got into what? Well, obviously, I was going to call it that because I know you would have given me stick for calling it the actual name it's called. Mm, Uh, You said football earlier, so. Yeah, I know. But anyway, Maria's really got into soccer over the last, like, two, three months, like, ever since, like, I first. We watch United together, and I'm the same with the NFL. Like I, I just got into the NFL recently, and I've started to kind of get a good understanding of it. And like Maria's coming on a United fan, and I've been coming on a Chiefs fan. I was a bit upset about the Super Bowl the other day, but we'll discuss that another time. To be fair, to be fair, I've always been a soccer fan. I grew up watching soccer. Like soccer is literally in my blood. Like I'm Mexican. Like, it I, it has to be in my blood. But, you know, I used to get up every, it was like Saturday and Sunday, you know, and watch, or like my dad and my grandpa and my uncle, they would always watch soccer in the kitchen super, super early in the mornings because it was always like UK time. They played in the afternoon. And yeah, so I've, I've always been a soccer fan. I just never understood it. Or like, I never had a team that I was, I guess, dedicated to. Like, the only team I really cared about was Mexico obviously but that's like a world yeah. team yeah like a national team so i never really cared about like smaller teams i didn't even know what manchester united was to be perfectly honest like i didn't know what clubs were like the the premier league and the champions league like i i don't know but yeah so that's what i'm learning about i'm learning about like the i guess the politics of soccer so I- just wanted to clear that up i've always been a soccer fan but I didn't know what I actually liked about it. So, yeah, we went to Old Trafford and what 
I wanted to give her a good experience at Old Trafford. I was either going to take her to a game or I was going to take her to a a tour of the stadium. But both of those are not active at the moment. So we're probably going to have to do that another time, probably either next season for a game or probably when restrictions are lifted later on. But I can honestly say that when we went to Old Trafford, it was kind of like a military base because we were getting told like where to go and what to do. And I was like, this isn't the Old Trafford that I was used to. Like, what last time I went to Old Trafford was, I think, the start of this season. So I could probably say maybe about August, September time. And the, and the pandemic was still in full effect. Oh, it was and really it, bad for you guys, too. And it, it wasn't anything like what we experienced back in back in December. So we we pulled up at the stadium to go in to the to the megastore. Because obviously I, I was like, right, well, we're going to go have a look at Old Trafford. If we can't go inside the place, we can just go to the mega store and see if there's anything Maria might want. Because I already bought her a United shirt for Christmas. And we pulled up and this guy with a sniffer dog walks up to the car and gets the dog to inspect the car. And I was like, okay, well, to be fair, there was a bomb threat at Old Trafford maybe like three, four years ago. So maybe I can understand that. And then we get out the car and then I walk towards the bridge where the Sir Alex Ferguson statue is. The way I normally go to old trafford and the guy says where are you going i thought you said you were going to the mega store and i said well yeah that's the way that we normally go and he went no you've got to go back down the main road and then up some at busby way and i was like oh well that's weird and then when we pulled up right in front of the stadium there was security everywhere like there was a line and a barrier right in front of the stadium you couldn't go in the munich tunnel you couldn't go around the stadium you were literally you could just go to the front where the matt busby statue and the holy trinity statue is and that's it you couldn't do anything so maria and i ended up going in the megastore we ended up buying two united beanies didn't we because maria's a big beanie wearer and to be honest i needed a winter hat and then you bought your mother a United mug, I think, right? No, I bought, I bought myself a United mug. That's what that's what it was. I, I think I had the intention of giving it to somebody, but then I saw it and I was like, oh, wait, this is cute. So I got that, and then I got some United um, shot glasses for my dad. But it was just a, it was a weird experience at, the, at Old Trafford, like Charlie said, because, like, there was just a lot of – Security. I mean, I would have expected if there was like a game or something, but like there was, it was just a, a regular day. But yeah, no, I think overall, like, and like Charlie said, I mean, we can obviously go into more detail about my time there, you know, like in, in other episodes. But I think overall, my time there was really, really, really nice. It was, to me, again, it just, it felt like home. And that's what made it really hard to leave. Like, I think it was my second night there. I had already started crying and telling Charlie, like, I don't want to leave. I don't want to leave. Like, I literally, like, broke down sobbing. And I was like, I don't want to leave you. Like, I'm not ready. And Charlie's like, it's your, it's your second day. We're not going to start talking about this. I was like, no, like, I have to mentally prepare myself. Like, I'm not ready to leave. And, yeah, I mean, especially, like, the last, like, couple days. Like, it was incredibly, incredibly hard. Because we had left the Airbnb early. Because my original plan... Because at the time when I booked everything, things were still open in terms of like London was still open and, you know, we could still like kind of sort of kind of sort of like travel like freely. So I had set the uh, Airbnb to be up 
like three days before my flight so that we could spend the last couple of days in London. And that way, like Charlie wouldn't have to drive super, super early in the morning to get to my, like, so we can get to my flight. It was just, okay, we're already in London. Perfect. But then London had gone into tier four. So we're like, okay, we need to reroute our plan. Like, obviously we can't go to London anymore. So the day that we left the Airbnb, that was very, very hard because I mean, that was like our first, it was, it was our first flat, even though it wasn't ours. It's still a place like where we made our first memories together. Like that's where we had our first dinner together. That's where we celebrated our one year or technically our, our, we've already passed our one year. I'm super, super excited. Our one year was January 27th, but because I had left early, or since I had left before our one year, we celebrated it on our 11 month. But, you know, like that's, that apartment is where we had our one year anniversary celebration. That's where we had wrapped Christmas presents together for the first time. I was still taking classes at the time. So like, that's where I was up late studying and Charlie was working. So like, there was a lot of memories built into that place. You know, that's the first place where like I had met his sister, like his sister came to to visit us. And again, like it was just, it was very special. So like leaving was hard on both of us. And then we spent the last couple of days at, at his dad's place, which I'm very, very thankful that, you know, his dad opened up the doors for me. Because, I mean, I know that it can be a little awkward. He doesn't really know me. I'm here. And, I like, I, I just, I don't think that, like, I would have been comfortable if I was in his shoes of, I don't really know this girl. You know, like, she's from the States. And I haven't had, like, much time to get to know her. And yet, here she is, like, sleeping under my roof. But, like, I was really, really thankful to Charlie's dad for inviting me and allowing me, like, to stay in their home. And, oof, the drive back to London was awful. It was oh, a hard day, honestly. It was so bad. I remember waking up that morning and not wanting to go. Like, that was not fun. I don't know if anyone's ever done the drive from Blackpool to Heathrow. It's about four, four and a half hour drive. Every hour that would go past literally felt like one step towards the end. And we would try and, like, distract each other on the way down by, like, changing the subject to, like, different things like, oh, do you want to talk about this, talk about this, rare, rare, rare. It then started to hit me when we had to take a break. I think it was round around Coventry. So yeah. it was like halfway. And we were like, right, well, the next time we stop this car, we're going to have to... We'll be in one. Heathrow. Yeah, and that was not good. Like, honestly, like, when, when we pulled up at Heathrow, that was the hardest day I felt, like, in a long while in terms of emotional loss i don't cry a lot like the last time like i can admit i fully like had a breakdown crying was the night my mother passed away like that was a hard night and i remember bawling out that night i was just i was not a good emotional state and since then it's been hard for me to actually cry and I don't think I cried properly since then. But the day Maria had to go back, that broke the, the, the two-year streak of, like, not crying properly. And when we got to Heathrow, we took the elevator down. Our goal was to see how far we could get before we could say goodbye. Because I was I was expecting that, you know, he could at least go to the, the ticket counter with me. Because, you know, in most airports, even with the restrictions, you could go in and at least like say bye to you know whomever there 
like before they go through security and all of that. And that's what I was expecting. But I want to go back to when we had stopped in Coventry because like that's kind of like when it hit me too. Because any place that we drove while we were, while I was in the UK, everything looked the same to me. <laughs> like, you know, it was just all open fields, I guess. And so whether we were driving from Preston to Blackpool, like it looked the same. It looked the same as if we were driving from Preston to Manchester, Preston to Liverpool. Everything looked the same to me. So at the time, like it just felt like another drive to me or like I tried to convince myself that, oh, like we're just driving to Manchester again or like, oh, we're just driving to, you know, we're driving down the road. So when we had stopped in Coventry, like for a restroom break and all of that, like when I came out of the restroom, Charlie was on the phone with his dad and I didn't get a chance to say bye to his dad that morning because he had left for work. So his dad was on the phone and, you know, he was asking about me. And so like, I had to take the phone and I was like, you know, thank you so much for everything. And like, just, I I really appreciate you and I hope to see you soon. And so what really hit me was saying bye to Charlie's dad. Cause I was like, no, like the amount of time that I had spent with his dad, like just having conversations with him, I think totaled to maybe like 20 hours or like maybe 24 hours. And so like, I really, I felt like I got really close with his dad. And so like saying bye to him was just awful. And I think that's when it hit me was, okay, like this is, this is real now. And the remainder of the way, I think it was only like an hour and a half after that was just pure tears. Yeah. So when we got to Heathrow, I was expecting him to to actually like walk into the building with me because there's like there's the elevators and then there's like this open area and then like a small little bridge and then you go through the the sliding doors and you're in the airport and you know like the ticket counters there security's there blah 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 so that was my expectation is okay at least like he can go to the ticket counter with me help me like you know get my take my bags to the ticket counter so I could check them in but like there's this big sign that says, you know, only passengers beyond this point, you know, like no exceptions, this, this and that. And it was maybe like a two minute walk from the car to like where we were. So we we're like, no, 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 no. Like this is, this can't be it. This can't be it. Like, oh, like we broke down. And like Charlie said, like, I don't think that I have ever felt pain like that in a while. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big crier. Like I'll admit, I'm a crybaby. I, I had never felt so much pain and like I literally like everything around me just like it felt like was just shutting down because I really did not want to go and it really is a beautiful thing like to be with the person that you love and you care about and until you've experienced that it's so so hard to say goodbye and not even just a goodbye but even like a a see you later because the thing is with us we don't know the next time that we're going to see one another my plan is hopefully, you know, like to go in May. I mean, especially now, like with all like the vaccine rollouts and like, you know, some like restrictions being eased. That's what my hope and my goal is. But I mean, I don't know if that's achievable right now just because of everything going on. And I would much rather I, I would I would want to be safer this time. You know, yeah. I don't want to take the it, it really was a big risk for me going this time. I'll admit that. And I don't want to put myself, Charlie, his dad, or anybody else at risk again. So I would want to wait until, like, we're a little bit more in the clear. But that's the thing. Like, we don't know the next time we're going to see each other. And it sucks. I mean, we literally spent every waking moment with each other. 
for the entire time that I was there. Like, we were inseparable. Except for, like, the couple of times that, like, Charlie had to go to, he had drama class or, you know, he had, like, a, a berry match to cover. But that was the exception. Other than that, you know, like, we were always by each other's side. And it was hard. It was, I, like, I would not wish that pain on anybody. And I remember I said to Maria, like, when she was leaving, I'll, I won't leave until I can't see you anymore. And I remember watching Maria go to the ticket counter and then maybe a head would, like, bob up maybe, like, once or twice. And then I just lost her in the sea of people. And it just, that was not fun. Like, that was really not fun. And saying goodbye was just, that's the hard part about this that we didn't really prep for. And that might be a fault on both of our ends. Like, I don't think it's something that you can prep for. That's the thing. You can't, you can't prep for it. Because the thing is, we didn't, we've never been in this situation before. So it's hard for us to say goodbye to someone. And then going back to what we do with our phone calls and all that has been rough. Like, I sleep on one side of the bed now because it's hard for me to sleep on the other side because that was Maria's side. And she's been gone for like a month. And I still sleep on the left-hand side of the bed because I just, I can't sleep on the right. It's just not, it just doesn't feel right at all. And yeah, I know that we're getting a bit negative in all this and we do apologize, but I mean, that's the, that's the reality. Like, it's still, yeah. like, you know, yeah, it's sunshine and rainbows, like, when we're together. But, like, that's that's the, the hard part is saying goodbye. And I know, like, if – and I know Kristen has said this plenty of times, and I know if she were here now, she would say it again. Like, the goodbyes never get easier. And so that makes me nervous because we've only had one, you know, goodbye so far. So I like I don't know what that's going to be like the next time that we have to say goodbye. I don't think it's going to get any easier, but I think that at the same time that's a good thing because I mean we we don't want to say goodbye. Like we don't want our time together to end. And yeah, I mean like it it has been hard being back in terms of the time dis- the time difference like going from being in the exact same time zone with one another to now like at least like the first like couple of weeks, I think I would get up at like 5 a.m. Because that's what time like I woke up while I was there. It was like 11 a.m. UK time. So I would get up at like 5 a.m. US time. I'm like, all right, I'm 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 ready to go. And even like some of like the stuff that like that we watch, it's not the same. Because like we would like watch our shows together and sit on the couch and, you know, eat dinner together. But now it's like we can watch our shows, but it would be maybe six o'clock for Charlie and he's ready to make steak for dinner. And I'm like, it's only noon for me. I don't want a steak at noon. So it's like, those are differences that we've had to get used to. I mean, like we, we've done it for 10 months, but like having that short period of like being with one another and then going back to, you know, the distance again, it's, it's a weird adjustment. And I think we're still trying to get used to it. I mean, like Charlie said, I've been back a month, but I, I just feel like, it's not the same. And I don't know if that's a negative or a positive, but like it at least for me, it definitely feels different. Like there's a there's a shift. Well, I just want to say now that even though 
what we've been talking about has like been quite rough for us because I I can see that both of us are kind of like tearing up a little bit. This is this is not easy for us to talk about, but we are we are back now and we are going to talk about more stuff. We're going to talk about the in debts. We're going to be talking about what we did while we're in the the apartments. We're going to talk about the places we went to, like Liverpool. We've already talked about Manchester, but we can talk about plenty more. We can talk about meeting family members. We've got all this to talk about. And before we go, we actually need to shout out somebody. And it's somebody that got in contact with you after the last podcast and has been a good friend to the pod. And even though we've not been on, she's still kept in great contact with us. So, Maria, do you want to give a good shout out to your your new friend you made? So, I want to give a big shout out to Aaron. So, after the last podcast, uh, I received a DM on Instagram from this girl, Aaron. Shout out to you, Aaron. And she had said, like, hi, you know, like, I've, I've been listening to the podcast. And I was wondering if you guys were going to record any more episodes because I'm really enjoying it. And I think that we hadn't recorded for maybe like two or three weeks at that point. So it was still like early hiatus. And I was like, yeah, like, of course, you know, like we're going to we're going to record soon. Because I thought that we were just going to, you know, pick it right back up. And so I found out that Erin lives in Ireland. She lives in um, Derry. Yeah, London, Derry, Northern Ireland. Yeah. So she lives in Derry and I was like, oh my gosh, like that's, that's so cool. And then she told me that her boyfriend Devin lives in Canada. So I was like, oh my gosh, like that's even cooler. And it was really interesting because I mean, I know Canada's North from us. So I'm like, okay. So I mean, like we're basically like sisters at this point, you know, like Canada and the U S but her and Devin's situation was very, very similar or like it is very similar to uh, Charlie and mine because well, one, Aaron lives in the UK, even though it is Northern Ireland, it's still the UK. And Devin lives in Canada. So it was like, it's literally like Charlie and me, but flipped. And so she and I, we started talking. And because I told her like, hey, you know, like if you ever want to talk about your relationship, like outside of the podcast or like, you know, like outside of um, Instagram, like feel free to message me. And literally for the last like five months, Aaron and I have been, you know, sending each other like WhatsApp messages and just like ranting about our relationships. And we've formed a really, really good friendship over this. And honestly, like she's become a very, very close friend of mine. And it makes me really happy because right now Devin is in Northern Ireland with her. And Devin got there, I think like a week before I had left the UK. So like for a small period of time, Devin and Aaron were together and Charlie and I were together. So it was really exciting for the four of us. And yeah, and so Devin's with her now. So like I'm kind of living vicariously through her, but we were really, really good support systems with one another because I would give her a countdown like, oh, I only have you know, X amount of days until like Charlie and I see each other and she would do the same for me. She's like, oh my gosh, like it's like one week until Devin gets here. So we were able like to share that bond with one another. And honestly, it's thanks to Erin that we kind of like picking this back up because she has been like such a strong like motivation, especially like for me to like to get back and like being creative. 
which is one of like the main reasons like why I wanted to start the podcast back up again. Like it's a really great creative outlet for me. It makes me happy. And like, I love connecting with you guys. And, you know, like I said, like Aaron messaged me on, on, on our Instagram and was like, Hey, like, I really enjoy the podcast. Like I want more episodes. So, and we were able to form like a really, really strong friendship in that way. So with that being said, one shout out to you, Aaron. I appreciate you so, so, so much. And, you know, like for future episodes, I know that Kirsten and I had talked about this before, but like we want to bring people on. So Aaron, you're more than likely going to be one of our featured guests, you and Devin. But, you know, like we want to bring more people on and like, you know, to talk about their experiences, you know, with long distance relationships. We want to kind of like what Charlie said, like, yeah, we want to share our journey and like, you know, our experience like meeting. But we also want to talk about like, I guess the negatives, like of conflict and what conflict was like when we're apart versus when we're together and, you know, now being back apart, like, you know, how that shifted, how we resolve conflict. And I guess like we can also talk about like coping because it's been really hard, like for Charlie and me, like, and just like any other relationship, you know, like coping, like being apart from your partner. So we're going to try our best to pick this back up, be consistent with it. Um, and then hopefully Kristen can come back soon because I miss you and yeah. Um, but without say, being, what? Uh, sorry, sorry, babe. I was going to say what we could do for the next episode is we might do a Instagram Q and a where people can send in their questions and we can answer them, whether it be about our time together, whether it be about long distance relationships in general, or whether it's like, what's the plans for the pod, whatever it is, I'd say we could do that for our, our next episode. And if you want to get your questions in, please feel free to to message us and let us know. And we will gladly answer anything within reason. No, I, I, I think we've got so much to talk about now. Like, yeah, six months. Yeah, we, it wasn't ideal for us to take a break. But at the same time, We've come back with a lot more ideas now and we've got a lot more insights. And it's great to hear from the likes of Aaron, who we'd never heard or spoken to before. And now we've made great friendships and connections through this pod. So don't feel shy if you want to contact Maria or myself. We will happily we'll happily talk. And even with that, like, I think that, yeah, the, maybe the hiatus wasn't ideal, but at the same time, now with Kristen coming to the end of her, like, long distance journey, I'm not entirely sure when she's moving. I know that she's wanting to move. I think it's, like, in the next month or so. You know, when she finally comes back, we can talk about, like, what that's like, you know, transitioning into being long distance, because I know that her and Steph were together for, like, over a year, And now what does that look like from being long distance for a good year and seeing each other like pretty frequently to now like living in the same area as one another or even like living together. But yeah, so I mean, I think that, yeah, the hiatus wasn't ideal, but at the same time it did, like you said, it gives us a lot more to talk about um, in terms of me and you and like our like long distance journey and like meeting one another and you know, kind of how it is now versus like with Kristen not being long distance anymore and what that's like. So, but yeah, no, like we would love, we would love to connect with 
with all of you. Our Instagram is LDL podcast. So feel free to give us a follow there, send us a DM. And yeah, no, I, I think that this is going to be great. This is something that, especially now that, I mean, I know you guys are still in lockdown. I think that this would be like a really nice way to connect with people and, you know, to provide an outlet. And I am more than happy to come back on and do these podcasts with my girlfriend. And we can honestly say right now that we have a lot more to get into. And this podcast ain't going nowhere. We will definitely have so many topics that we can talk about. Like, like we said about conflict, I can go into that. Like, there was a huge shift in like conflict over the phone to conflict when we were together, but we still managed to resolve that. But that's the story for another time. I mean, we can talk about like meeting family members and, you know, like how to, how to cross like that awkwardness. I mean, cause yeah, there is still that sense of awkwardness of I'm meeting somebody's family and friends and all they know is like a little person on a screen, you know, versus like now being in person. But no, I'm, I'm super, super excited and I can't wait to see where this goes. (laughs) Why don't we do a 90 day fiance special? Where we can talk about, like, well, obviously, we live in a reality of a long-distance relationship. Where we've now, well, Maria's been watching this program for years. Is this your way of saying that we're going on 90 Day Fiance? Is this your way of, (laughs) is this your way of asking me? (laughs) We're not going on 90 Day Fiance, I'm just saying. spoiler? we live in a reality of being in a long-distance relationship, hoping to one day transition into marriage if things go our way but we've watched this program at least maria's been watching it for years i've been watching it for like the last month or two and watching that and seeing what things are like on that compared to our reality i've only just started to really get intrigued by the show because from the longest time i've known maria she's always mentioned the show and i i was like oh well maybe but actually watching it for myself, there is a lot of similarities and then there are a lot of differences between their relationships and our relationships. So we might even talk about that in the future if you guys want that. I mean, but, we can talk about, instead of instead of the show, I mean, we can talk about like the visa process. Yeah, how hard that's going to be for us and like the expenses. I mean, we've, we've, already, we've already been doing quite a bit of research and it's... It's tough, but it's, it's going to be expensive without a shadow of a doubt. This is not going to be the easiest ride, but at the same time, this is what we want to do. So let's let's see how this goes. But I am so thankful to be on here today. And I want to thank my beautiful girlfriend for having me on here. And yeah, I'm happy to say that this podcast is back and we will be here for the future. Yeah, so I just want to give, like I said, a few shout outs to Kristen and Aaron. And yeah, I mean, also like shout out to Charlie for for being here and for filling in for Kristen while she is on break. But yeah, just thank you guys also for listening. And like I say, I'm hoping that this is something that we can pick back up and continue and turn it into 
something consistent and something that will help you guys, or even, like I said earlier, just, you know, become an escape for you to see that you're not alone in your relationship, you know, struggles or, you know, even successes. Like there's other people that are like you that have similar stories. But yeah, like I said earlier, if you want to connect, our Instagram is at LDL podcast, or you can reach out to myself directly if you want as well. I mean, you can also reach out to to Charlie. I'll link his Instagram in the, in the description. But yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. And I can't wait to talk to you guys soon.